Welcome to TBT with Grace and Emma, a podcast on the millennial generation and how we came to be. I'm Emma. I'm Grace. This week on the pod, we remember some of the most influential Oscar moments of our for- formative years. We have some updates on millennials in politics. And we share a fun little song about baby boomers. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey, Emma. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah, I oh. just, you know, we needed a little, we need a little energy. Yeah. We need a little hype. Should we tell people why? Because it's still February 2nd. Yeah. Should we keep it out a secret? No. Cats are out of the bag. Yeah. Emma and I have some exciting trips coming up. Yes. Emma going to India. That's right. Grace is going to LA, so <laughs> similar distances. <laughs> um, but uh, Emma, are you, what, what, how do you feel? Well, from February 11th to February 23rd or so, okay. I will be in India because I work for a company that has an office in India, and I'm working on a project around onboarding, and so I'm going to work with our India team. That's awesome. Dude, it's nuts! It's nuts! It's nuts! I, like, can't believe that I'm, like, going to India for for work. Yeah. I feel so, I feel so privileged mm. and so lucky that someone is buying me a ticket to go halfway around the world to go work alongside other people in a completely different country. I think it's just going to be interesting to work with people that, you know, are different culturally, that had different sorts of educational experiences than I did, that also just operate in a different office culture. Totally. I'm, like, kind of nervous about that. Nervous about, like, coming in and trying to be productive for two weeks, but also, like, being really responsive mm-hmm. to the people who are already there and, like, not steamrolling. Yeah. What's your travel like? Um, I, I am, have, have the, the fortune, um, to be going to Harry Potter world. <laughs> Wait, are you serious black? Yeah, like, are by... you serious black? Oh my <laughs> God. Um, she did it again. <laughs> like by the time you all are listening to this, I will have like lived out the most glorious fantasy of, of going to Universal Studios and, and doing that for a day with my with my friends um, Riley and Matt. Wait, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Wait, I'm so jealous. Are you going to yeah. drink butterbeer? I hope so. Oh my god, I cannot yeah. wait to get the report back on I'll, this. I'll, I'll post I'll post some social media to to capture it. Um I'm also more than anything just excited to see uh, my friends Riley and Matt who are both Slytherins. Um, are they really? Yeah. What are you? I probably Hufflepuff. Have you taken it? Uh I think so. I think I got Hufflepuff. Sometimes I feel like I'm part that's Ravenclaw. A, that's a very Hufflepuffy thing to say. Yeah, I think I took that quiz. Oh, I think I'm in Hufflepuff. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's always something that I feel I've connected the most with. Mm. Although, again, I think I'd also like for myself to be a Hufflepuff over a Ravenclaw. And sometimes that's like an inner dynamic. Like, am I actually a Ravenclaw who's just masquerading as a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Why do you you? want to be a Hufflepuff over a Ravenclaw? Because I love this sort of mentality that Hufflepuffs are, like, the inclusive of everybody, like, focused on their relationships and being good people. 
What about you? Do you do you? Identify? I'm a bitchy ass achievement oriented Ravenclaw. Way to go! Give me the A. Nice. Give me the gold star. Way to go! We already knew that though. Brainiac. You know me. You know I'm a fucking Ravenclaw. If I ever was one. Got it. Yeah. Um, nice. We need to have an episode. Hold us accountable, listeners. We need to have an episode in which we really dig into the Harry Potter phenomenon because, yeah. my God. It's so true. We need to devote a whole episode, yes. I think, to that. Yes. I can't believe we haven't done that already. I, I I know. I think we've we've earned it yeah. at this point, right? You can't just start with Harry Potter. No. <laughs> God, no. Like, can you imagine episode two being Harry Potter? No, shit show. We were Completely not, we undeserving. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, that is the next hill to climb. But I'm so excited for you. Nothing yeah. in this world. I'm not even like an amusement park person, and I am so envious yeah. of the experience that you're gonna have. Thanks. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Um, and then the weekend after that, I am I am going to be in Seattle, uh, uh, spending it with another couple friends, and we are going to go to a Korean spa and get naked with each other and sit around in like hot water all day together oh my god how fucking lucky are we traveling for work i know whoever knew i know that this when when the sweater unravels i will look back and say remember the days when your work would pay for you to get on a flying metal tube and go somewhere yeah i'm still not even over it yeah no every time i'm on a a flight it's like that it's so nuts yeah wow also cue the song the sweater song by weezer Oh my gosh, inserting Hold here. This thread as I walk away. As I walk away. Watch me unravel. Hey. I'll soon be naked. Soon be in a naked. Korean spa. <laughs> in a Korean spa. I'll be naked. Oh. All right, guess what else it is right now? What? It's Oscar season. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. When are the Oscars? I think the 24th. Okay. So I'm going to watch. I don't give a shit about the movies. I mean, I do give a shit about some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like Black Panther. Yeah. And there's like maybe some others. But like, I just feel really disinterested in the movies in a way that like, I don't, I, I, Okay. Here it is. Mm-hmm. I used to be really obsessed with the Oscars, and I had a recording of the 1998 Oscars, and I used to watch that recording, Whoa. like, a lot as a kid, and part of that was because my parents did not actually buy me real movies, so I watched a lot of, like, things that had been recorded. Got it. But I was Would obsessed with they cut out the commercials? It. No. Oh. We didn't have that technology. No, you hit pause on the recorder. You have to be watching it to do yeah, that. Yeah, no. My grandma would record it to me and send it. Sure. Recording for me and send it That's to me. That's so nice of her. I know. She was a... She, uh, so what happened? Grandma Do Joan. you remember the 98 or... Uh... So well. I remember it so well. That was the year of Titanic, dude. Oh, I was wondering if it was Titanic. Yeah. So does Celine perform in it? Yeah. Wow. And Billy Crystal hosted it. I was like Ooh. such a Billy Crystal fan when I was in fourth grade. I was yeah. like, this man's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I stopped caring. Got it. I like developed relationships with people like Chris Basinger. Oh, fuck. What's Kim? her name? Kim Basinger that year. Yeah. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Mm. I was like into him that god ben affleck and matt damon that year mm. wow we're gonna don't worry wow we're that gonna was cover a all of it very big year oh it was a huge year but even in subsequent years like 
Julia Roberts winning for Aaron Brockovich mm. when she dated Benjamin Bratt, who was like <gasps> the hottest. They dated? Seriously dated. From from Miss Congeniality? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And she wore that black and white Valentino gown. Oh, yeah, that I do know. Yeah. See, you know. I know Before the recording, I was, like, kind of asking Grace if she knew anything, because I made her. (laughs) At all. Not about the Oscars (laughs) in general. Do you you even know anything? anything? Um, That's such a Ravenclaw question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, based on our last episode, we know you know a lot about The Matrix. But other than that. (laughs) uh, Like a true Hufflepuff. Um, But uh, you know a lot, so that's exciting. So, um... The Oscars are happening. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch. I'll have just recently arrived back t- back into the States yeah. from um, some travels abroad. And here's an interesting article that I read recently. So I read this article that was on Vulture, which is part of New York Magazine. Oh, also, what? Do you know that New York Magazine now has a paywall? No. Ugh. I'm so upset. I'm so proud of them for standing their ground mm-hmm. as a as a true a truly important part of the <laughs> dare I say zeitgeist. That'll be the only time. No, no, be, no, no, no. Okay. Cut it, cut it. No, no, leave no, it we'll in, leave it in. <laughs> um part of the of the media world, but like I'm I love New York magazine and I I don't know if I can sub- I don't know. Mm. We'll see. We'll see how long until I subscribe. I just I just bought um Washington Post. Yeah. It was like for research, but it was like I have to I have to get into what you all are publishing. I know. The paywalls are so annoying. Yeah. Anyway, um but New York Magazine before the paywall, I read this article. Um it's about how the are the article's about how the diversification movement around the academy, which is the group of bodies, the group of bodies, the group of people that um vote on the academy awards. He talked about how it led to more disagreement and why that's a good thing. And he talked about, like, the emphasis on diversity along lines of race and and gender. But the author fails to mention the diversification in age, mm. which I found to be really interesting because it made me think about a film like Green Book. Yeah. Which, like, okay, I did not see it. Right. But you know who did? Baby boomers. Including my parents. Oh, interesting. Ask them if they like that movie. Interesting. They loved that movie. Did they feel movie. real good after watching oh, it? They, oh, they did. Yeah. And, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it, but it was interesting to think about what about that movie and its way of portraying race relations. Right. Appeals directly to an older white audience. Right, and who makes up the Academy but an older weight, predominantly baby boomer audience? Yeah. Huh. Just some food for thought. No kidding. Yeah, sorry, do I sound really like... No, no, because... Is my tone off? I feel like I sound a little, like... No, no, because what what it's uh, the reason I'm I'm sort of pausing is I know on on the pod we talked about how the Academy had let in, like, its most diverse class. Right. But I think it's it it hits home what you, <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many elements of the the story of the making of this movie that are complicated, like, you know, the family 
of of the one of the characters who's being portrayed was like, please don't make this movie. Of it's the black made, character, yeah, right? Of the black character, yeah. yeah. Um, Mahershala Ali's character. Yeah. And the it was made by the children of Viggo Mortensen, who's white, um, his family. His character. His character's family. Yeah, the white guy. Yeah. White people made the movie. The black people were like, please, please don't. don't. make this movie. And white people were like, we're doing it anyway. And, and then a bunch the, of white people Academy's like it. like, oh. <laughs> wow. Shocking, shocking, shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, even the, 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 again, I haven't seen it either. But this whole background on this, the making of this story um, is coded in this. And I think it really hits home that, like, yeah, there there is progress in accepting more uh, like more racially gender diverse, uh, um, you know, class of the academy, but it doesn't take away from the fact that all of these bodies still are so overwhelmingly baby boomers and white. Yeah. Right, and like I think the film itself has a very outdated thesis, which is, like, we can all be friends. Right. We'll struggle through it together, and then we'll all right. be friends. And let's not forget, I mean, this is the thing that pisses me off the most, like, let's not forget what the Green Book was. Right. Like, fuck you for making a movie about how great race relations are between these two individuals, when the whole purpose of the Green Book was to support black people in navigating extra extraordinarily hostile deadly uh, deadly geographical swaths of our country and for listeners who don't know the green book was a guide that was published by the black community for the black community in the civil rights era that gave explicit directions on what parts of the south and potentially the north but definitely the south right. were like deemed safer than others to travel through. Right. Honestly, it's like the audacity that you would name this the Green Book uh, is is fucking ridiculous. And, like, hi. Like, during Jim Crow era. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, like, also, the Green Book, in some way, shape, or form, still exists. The number right. of right. blogs right. and podcasts, like, m- one of a podcast that I love and admire called On She Goes, specifically dedicated to talking about areas of the world and communities that may be more accepting or safe for people of color and women of color to go to than others. Great. So um, we're frustrated. Right. But not surprised. Right. Ugh. Um, and... and- also, I think I would recommend reading um, Wesley Morris's work for the New York Times about um, this legacy of the Oscars rewarding um, these totally misguided, race-centric, whitewashed narratives. Yeah. Go find Wesley Morris. If someone needs um, a password to the New York Times because you're hitting the paywall, just DM me. I'll spread the, that baby boomer same. password. Well, same, same. Yeah. Yeah. We all got or a actually, band. Actually, I pay it for it, but I'd be so happy to share still. Great. We got a band together here. All right. Um, fun. Do we want to play a quiz real quick about the Oscars? I want to so bad. I can't wait. Um, I really hope I perform um, and... And wish me luck. Okay, so this is a new kind of quiz for us. I'm going to set a timer, 
and you're gonna get as many as you can Ooh. in the timed amounts. Okay, okay, I love it. Ready, set, go. This famous actress kissed her brother on the mouth of the Oscars. Angelina Jolie. Ooh, good job. What was the name of the brother? John Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Um, Jamie. Ja- okay. But I didn't write that, so you got it. Okay. The most watched Oscars ever. Thanks to the incredible success of One Big Boat, what was the year? 1998, obviously. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. Great. Well, I gave that one away. I'll take Another it. Another controversial, likely not consensual kiss that is hopefully one of the reasons this person's career Ugh. is kind of blech. Who gave the kiss on whom? Um, it was to Halle Berry, and it was, um, oh, it was that guy who has that face. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Um, Hugo. No, um, oh, fuck, Wayne, Walter... What is his name? You can give I up. I give up. Okay. Um, his name's Adrian Brody. Oh, also, yeah, yeah. Halle Berry is the only black woman to win in this category. Yes. What category? Oh, Best Actress. Great. Italian Roberto Benigni literally climbed over seats after winning an Oscar in this category in 1999 for Life is Beautiful. Oh, man. Have you seen that movie? I can't remember. Oh. But I remember this very, very um, clearly. Best Supporting Actor? No. Um, um, best Actor? No. Um, he... He won Best Actor, but actor, but he didn't climb over the seats after winning that. Oh, um, he, the, best the, director? No. no. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Best foreign language film. Oh, mm. got it. Um, Leo DiCaprio used his time during his acceptance speech for Best Actor to talk about this crisis that will likely be handled by millennials. Uh, climate change. Great. The end. You did very well for someone that started by saying you don't really watch the Oscars. Those were really well framed. Um, I was, I, I am proud of myself. That's all. I'm, I'm proud of you. (laughs) I forgot about the, the Adrian Brody. But he doesn't really, he's not like that famous anymore. Right. Right. So it's like, bye. Yeah. Next. Thank you. Next. Yeah. Thank you. Next. You know who Adrian I was thinking Brody. of is, um, oh, he's the guy that I think got, um, that said, uh, not Moonlight, but La La Land won. What's that guy's name? Oh, Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Ugh. I thought it was Warren Beatty. No. That's why I said, like, Walter. Ugh, that yeah. would have been, oh, oh. Yeah, Ugh. yuck. I mean, um, both are yuck. Yeah, all of it. Um, great job. Thanks, Emma. Well done. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Any other highlights? I really want to know. Any other highlights from that 98 uh, Oscars? Oh, my God. I was literally reading this amazing article um, that that this guy wrote about it on maybe variety. Uh, uh, hold on. Um, it was hilarious. Uh, but basically, like, so many highlights. Oh, Vanity Fair. Um, recapping the 1998 Oscars. Uh, so much. There was apparently a scandal because apparently someone wanted Celine Dion to wear the necklace, but then... Okay. Oh, the necklace from the The movie. The necklace from the movie. And then Kate Winslet was supposed to maybe wear it. Why? Because someone... Like, I heard a rumor that someone thought that Kate Winslet was, like, too... Not skinny to wear it, which is like <gasps> nuts, nuts. Okay. Um, Fucking hell. But 1998 Oscars 
are broken down. Literally, the the commercials are broken down by Richard Lawson in Vanity Fair. It is fucking epic. It's so good. Looking mm-hmm. at, like, Sharon Stone and Drew Barrymore with the daisies Oh, in my hair. God. So many, so many couples from the 90s, <gasps> like Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan and Matt Dillon and Cameron Diaz. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, real quick, millennials in politics. Yes. Guess what? What? Uh, it is confirmed by the New York Times that younger generations in the Republican Party are more inclusive than older generations. And what does that mean? What it, What does it look like for uh, a they, younger Republican to be inclusive? They poll differently. Mm. They're like, racial diversity is good for the U.S. Oh, sure. Does it mean that they're actively taking steps to dismantle injustices mm. and dismantle systemic oppression? Mm-hmm. No, it does not. Right. But potentially means that there's hope for a two-party system to move in a more progressive direction overall. Sure. I also saw that, um, and this this aligns with this, like, I think what we saw with the Bernie bro effort, um, but that socialism is actually a potential unifying factor for for younger Republicans. Wow. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which seems to run directly contrary to the idea of republicanism. Like socialism to me seems like uh, the opposite. Yeah, but like but, also like don't let the GOP ever stop reminding you that they're the party of Lincoln. True. Ugh. 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 So I don't know. Remember the Whigs? Oh man. <laughs> Dude. We've had some we've had some weird a roller coaster ride of political party identities. I think we've only had one Whig president, if any. Wow, that's a good trivia fact and I have no idea. Um, you know, my brother used to, I don't know if anyone else did this or had this, but he had like a deck of cards that was the president's with information about them. And so now he like still retains all of the, like, like a, like you would memorize information about the president. That's so useful. I was actually literally last night talking with some fellow millennials about the placemats that had all the pictures of the presidents on them. And we were like, what do we do when Trump, fuck, fuck that man, when Trump is on the placemat? And we were all like, scratch it out. <gasps> no kidding. Put a sticker on it. Truly. Like, don't. But then, okay, this is a question that we have as a generation. Mm-hmm. What do we tell our kids about this time? Mm-hmm. How do we frame it for them so that they understand the gravity of the situation, but that we also sort of, at least for me and potentially for you, but for me, how do I tell them I had no fucking idea that was going to happen? How do they believe me? Right. I mean, I think it's talking about it. Yeah. Honestly, like I think being really transparent, right? Like I think, um, not to, not to talk about Angela Merkel too much on the podcast, um, she but, deserves it. But She's one, a badass. Well, one thing she said at Davos, which the whole concept of <laughs> I'm still grappling with, um, she said at Davos how, like, you know, how dangerous it is to um, not acknowledge that we, we have been in a similar place before and it didn't work out. And, like, I do think it's a part of this German identity that really needs to, that that takes intentional action to remind its citizens of what happened. Uh, I'm referring to the Holocaust, obviously. 
And I think that needs to be a similar approach, which is saying, like, we need to talk about what happened and make sure that ongoing generations understand, like, this is why you vote. This is why you engage in your government and hold people accountable. Um, like, I think it the to your the answer that I see to your question is, like, be very open about it. Yeah, and the green book does not suffice. Oh, my God. It's not the way. Right. You do it in a way that's, like truly coming to terms with the pain mm. and the reality and right. you let the people who experience that drive Tell the conversation that story. totally totally um, Ugh, i feel like i'm really feeling it today can you guess what this is an impromptu quiz I can love you that. guess who the only two wig presidents we've ever had are no <laughs> taft uh no Harrison. Yes. Oh! Oh! I feel like I just won the lottery. I were there two Harrisons though? I thought there was only one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Harrison and Polk. Um, so close. Oh. Garfield. No. The other one was Zachary Taylor. Oh my god, he was impeached, huh? Also, there were two Harrisons. Oh. Which one was it? <laughs> oh no. Don't do that to me. I don't I'll know. give you a clue. Here's a clue. What? It was the grandfather of of the other one. Of the other one. My God, we <laughs> we're, so... we're like down with monarchy, and yet nepotism rules in this country. Oh, oh, are you fucking kidding? Our entire legacy of presidents is like a series of sons and fathers. Fucking, fucking hell. Yeah. Although I will like Malia and Sasha. Like, don't rule out the presidency. Is all I'm saying. Um, uh, no, yeah. The uh, it was William Henry Harrison, oh. not his grandson Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Okay. Who I don't think was a Whig, uh, like his grandfather. Well, they're the only grandfather grandson duo to have ever held office as well. What a novelty! Yeah. So glad I learned that. Wow, I really thought I was good at U.S. history, but I'm terrible at the presidents. Can I say something about our friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? And I know we give her so much airtime, but I just really appreciate something. She had a post the other day that talked about learning the new skill sets that come with the decorum and the processes of being part of a committee Mm -hmm. and being out on the House floor and things like that. And she just talked about, like, the fear and anxiety and how that's, like, an indication and a driver of when you're doing something new. Mm -hmm. And I just love how she's, like, taking... She takes the fundamental parts of being a millennial growth orientation Mm -hmm. and thinking about things, like, on a human level. Right. And she just makes it really accessible. And I, But she does it in a way that doesn't come across as corny. Right. Like, she doesn't make it seem like she's trying to stitch it onto a millennial pink pillow. Right. She really does it in a way that sounds... I don't want to use the word authentic because I just listened to a podcast where they talked about how problematic the term authentic is, especially in relation to politicians. But mm-hmm. she does it. <laughs> I listened to that podcast, too. <laughs> so much podcast in, incestuousness. Yeah. But she... And so much Wesley Morris. Yeah. But she grounds... She really brings us in um, and grounds it in a way to reality that I really appreciate. And she makes it not about her experience, but about the general experience. Right. And I honestly, I think that's 
that's advantageous when you're representing people. Which is to say, like, if I take issue with why she voted a certain way because of the access she provides to her rationale, mm-hmm. there is a transparency element to understanding why she made a decision, which allows me to make a better decision about whether she actually represents my interests. Mm. You know, like, I think a lot of what happens in politics is like people make decisions because there are a lot of factors that go into it and a lot of um, competing priorities and as a result I mean and and, you know even in looking at the 2020 candidates who are coming forward like Kamala Harris has a complicated voting history or like a complicated history with criminal justice activity um, and like choices around who, who she advocate like what kind of policies she was advocating for uh, even Cory Booker has these sort of relationships with the finance and healthcare industries. That are even Cory Booker. All of these politicians, they have these complicated relationships that they're going to have to address. And I think what it means to have uh, a group of, like represent people and to be able to provide transparency on how you're making decisions is a really um, powerful way to allow people to have a better understanding of why they're voting for things. Does that mean that AOC is going to like really, does she, does she have to tell us the truth through all of this? No, but I do think it is a valuable um, model mm-hmm. for transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also hopefully it doesn't become manipulated. Right. Because we also know that people manipulate these models and they right. create a model that looks authentic and looks like it's just someone t- sharing about their day. And really it's like, Highly crafted right. and highly cultivated right. in order to fit what they think we want to hear. Right. Yeah. It's all a farce. But I like AOC. I like what she's doing. I'm proud of her. And I'm excited to see where she goes. Cool. Cool. All right. We have a fun little update from our friend James Nagel. Mm-hmm. Have we already shouted James out? I think we have. We we shouted out Jim. Yeah. He's also named James, but this is a different James. We have because he held us accountable when we didn't record a podcast that one time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, James Nagel is really good at DMing us when he has some good content for the pod. Yeah. And the other day he shared with us an SNL skit that some of you might have seen portraying a game show in which millennials have to fight baby boomers for certain benefits, privileges, shall we call them, like elimination of debt and mortgage down payments. And social security. And social security. And Grace and I recently watched it and we were just completely, what's the word? Tickled. Tickled. (laughs) Tickled by a song that is sung by A.D. Bryant, whom I love and adore, fellow millennial, portraying a baby boomer. And we just wanted to make sure that we shared the joy, so we're going to play it for you now. Good evening. Now, who are the boomers? Well, their parents came home from World War II, and they had a lot of sex, and they had a lot of kids. Then the kids grew up in a prosperous time where America was the only superpower left. Then they played all the music, and they did all the drugs, and they had all the sex, and they all went to college, and they got all the jobs, and they made all the money, and they bought all the houses, and they won't ever die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that 
just made us laugh. Oh my gosh. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. All right. TBT. TBT. Woo. All right. Shall I go? Yeah. Okay. TBT to two stylistic choices. One, the belt that serves no purpose. We've talked about that for sure before. On a TBT? Not in TBT. Oh, just in general? Yeah. So good. Okay. Two, unbuttoning the top two and bottom two, three buttons of your fitted button-down shirt. Yeah. That's so, so something I forgot. And often you have a camisole under, so you're not, like, necessarily going full boobage, Mm -hmm. but you're, like, definitely going for a little bit of, like, woo, little hourglass shape. Mm -hmm. Um, And then three, the haircut with the flare. I can't believe we haven't talked about the haircut. It was, it was such a, okay, Remember, remember this. When it was particularly utilized on blondes, mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, Cameron Diaz, they all wore it. Mm-hmm. It was like just a shag cut <laughs> with the side bang. So many layers and then just like like a Christmas tree. Yeah, exactly. Like a Christmas tree. Just like layer on layer on layer on layer out. And then it ended in a bob above your shoulders. Mm. And it was such a thing. And I was reminded of it because I was watching Friends on the Plane the other day. And in the background behind Ross, there was a an extra, a woman who was conceivably an extra, with the haircut. And mm-hmm. I just, I had to pause. I had to take a <laughs> screenshot. Then I had to zoom in and take another screenshot. I just couldn't get over it. And I couldn't believe, I can't believe that we haven't talked about it yet. I know, me too. Did I, you know people with that haircut? No. Me neither. No, never. I like, think it's hard to style. Yeah, I would. oh, I would think so. Lots of flat ironing. I um I actually have been rewatching the L word and just oh. saw when she she does that to Ariana Huffington. Oh, people should look out. I think it's season two, but she like f- truly Ariana Huffington is <laughs> as herself on the show, and and Shane does her hair and is like, here you go, Ariana, just full blown. It's like a fit and flare haircut. Yeah, God. Oof. Wow. And then even better was when you had like chunky streaks yeah the the highlights the highlights yeah wow that was a time and often you saw your roots because your hair was often much more platinum blonde than it was naturally Hmm. gosh so much gel yeah so much crispy hair running around it was epic though for sure it was epic what's your tbt gracie um emma picture a 12 year old grace picturing it now she she did not have the 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 flare out hair, but she definitely had a shaggy hair with too many layers that her thin hair probably shouldn't have had. Okay, and Grace is on a bus. Ooh, a, what kind a of school bus? School field trip. Oh, what kind of school field trip? What kind of bus? Charter bus or school bus? It was a charter bus because we were going to Boston. <gasps> Boston. Yes, to go to the. Plymouth Rock. Home of the Departed. The Departed. The Pats. Which, you know, for those of ben you that Affleck. don't know. Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. Oh. Um, for those of you that don't know, there's actually a lot of distance between Boston and New York. It was like nine hours. Ugh. Seven hours. 
And what did I have to entertain me on that bus ride? What? On my Walkman. What? Where I had oh, just the one CD to entertain me. Oh, you mean a Discman? Discman. Remember how we were so proud that it was like different than a Walkman? Walkman was tapes. Your Discman so was like CDs. It got a whole nother name. Emma, Technology right. had really taken a gigantic step forward. It was a Discman. What color was it? I think like gray. Yeah. Silver. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, laundry service by Shakira. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, uh, hey though, great. Yeah, like that. So album? it's like whenever, wherever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. I'm um, sorry. Oh, go. Well, I was just gonna. Were you gonna sing it? Yeah. Whenever, wherever, we're meant to be together. I'll be there and you'll be near. And that's the deal, my dear. And on the, and on the, you've got me head over heels and left to feel. And you know what? What? I also know all of the words, sort of, not like very articulately, to the Spanish version that was on the <gasps> CD as well. Amazing! Like, like that album, front to back, I loved. Underneath your clothes, there's a tender story. As the man I chose, there's no territory and other things I deserve. <laughs> Being such good girl, honey. Um, yeah, I I loved that album so much. I listened. It got me. I listened over. You know, I I don't know if I have this ability anymore, but at the time I could listen to CDs just over and over again, mm. start to finish. And that album got me through our bus getting lost us arriving at like midnight because the bus driver didn't know where they were going they never it do. was amazing yeah oh yeah i love it and the video was so good in the mud yeah Oof. and also i feel like in we're not isn't she like dancing in front of a wave i don't remember nah um, but yeah, so and also just like an amazing opportunity for for Shakira to cross over into the American market, and I just I just loved her album. All, All right. right, people, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll see, see you in, in a fortnight. fortnight.